Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin, and this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. Why is having a good support system so important to your business? And how can we be better advocates for the pet care industry? Today, Heather Branch, owner of Best Friends Forever Pet Services and a NAPS board member, joins us to discuss the pivotal role that her support network played in getting her business off the ground and continuing throughout the years, and why being involved at the national level helps us be better advocates for the pet care industry to help us all be better at what we do. Let's get started. Thank you, Colin. I'm really excited to be on the show. Thank you for having me. And yeah, uh, you touched on it. My... um... Uh, my my business name is Best Friends Forever Pet Services here in Los Angeles. It's in the north part of Los Angeles in Northridge. And that's where I live, um, which is, you might remember that from the Northridge earthquake many years ago. Um, but so that's, that's where I live and I do my work around here. Um, so yeah, I've been in business for 10 years and I worked with my own wonderful pet sitter prior to that. And I had laid a good foundation um, to build my business. And I didn't just jump right in uh, thinking I knew everything. I really took the time to learn. So, um, yeah, but I've been in business 10 years. And uh, 2014, three years in, I was named Business of the Year through NAP, um, which was great. It was a really great honor for that. And then a couple of years later, at a conference, at a NAPS conference, the president at the time came up to me and said, you know, it's time for you to start volunteering. And uh, and I always love going to the conferences. So I, I volunteer on the, the conference committee. And then they needed uh, some people were leaving the board of directors. So they asked me if I would step in and be willing to put myself out there to be elected in. So. Yeah, and I, I definitely want to pick your brain about what it's like being a board member for NAPS. But I, thinking back, you know, you, you mentioned that you had a, a really close relationship with your your pet sitter, and I love how part of your story involves that your own pet sitter helped you get started in pet care. So how did that happen? Well, I was working in radio. Um, my husband and I were working in radio, and we had a blended family of, of pets. Those are our kids, and um, so he had. Izzy, our dog, and I had the cats. Um, you know, all these years, I've been able to get neighbors or friends to take care of my cats. And there have been some mishaps along the way, um, but they're cats, and so they survived. Um, but, you know, I knew that we couldn't take a chance with our dog when we wanted to go away for nine nights. And I kept thinking, Every friend I have is going to lose my dog, <laughs> which sounds terrible, but, you know, you open the door the wrong way and the dog's out the door and, oh, mm-hmm. my God, you know. So I just didn't want to take any chances. So I was looking, searching high and low and people I caught, contacted, um, just I wasn't really clicking with them. And then finally, I found the NAPS website, which is petsitters.org um, for your pet care apps who might be looking. And they have a find a pro area and you put in your zip code. And so I did. And a whole bunch of pet sitters in my area came up and she was the only one that was certified. So I thought that's who I want to watch because I knew she had that extra badge there and her prices were reasonable. And um, she came over, she had a packet that was back in the day, 10, 12 years ago. Um, You know, we still had the paper packets. 
she came over and we just instantly knew that she was going to be great. And she was, and she taught me a lot right then and there because I thought she would just moved into my house. And I said, hey, your husband can come by too. I don't want you to be lonely or whatever. But she goes, no, 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 no. I'm only here for 12 hours. That's what an overnight is. And then if you want me to come in the midday to let your dog out or take your dog for a walk, that's a midday visit is a separate charge. So and that was news to me, but I learned that from a really great pet sitter that was a nest. And so, um, but which was totally fine. We would we wanted the best. So that's how it is. And so, you know, she had a route of dog walks and cat cares. Her sherbet days were busy. I had said, I'll leave some petty cash. So you can, if I run out of food or anything, you can just go, oh, no, 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 no. I don't have time to go grocery shopping. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. All right. You know, that's what I learned right away. And I respected her. So like, whatever. Okay, great. I make sure I have all the food. And so I, I kept thinking, I did the numbers. Like, geez, I just paid $900. Uh, you know, wrote out practically a $1,000 check to this person. I can do maybe two of those jobs uh, a month and be fine. And so my wheels started turning because radio was starting to lose its luster for me. <laughs> and um, so I kept thinking, what, do, what else do I like? And my dog always brought me joy. So um, I looked up the Animal Behavior College and that was down the street. So I could go and look, investigate that and then make sure it wasn't a scam. And I, I did all these classes, but I knew I wouldn't be a good dog trainer because if a dog looks at me the right way and they don't sit, I'll just give them the treat anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good foundation because this busy, my husband's dog was the only dog I've ever had. So I wanted to learn more. And then when I was completed with those certifications, I contacted my pet sitter because I really didn't want to step on her toes and just go out there and say, hey, I'm pet sitting now, and then have her see an ad or something. And what? What is my client thinking? You know, and so I called her and asked her to sit down for lunch and see what the pros and cons are before I took a leap from my regular job. And she brought me on to work for her. She needed some help. And uh, in her experience, people would say they wanted to do this, and then they would flake after two weeks because oh it's a lot more work than I thought but forget it um so she said just before you do anything why don't you work for me and see if you like it and I just took to it and I really loved it and I just drank in everything that she had to offer to, to teach me and she helped me build my business because she was kind of wanting to segue out of it so this was a great opportunity for her to train me to take over her client and then move on to the next phase of her life. So then a little while down the road, she approached me to buy her client list. And the clients at that point had known me. And we did it very, very slowly because our clients out here are very hesitant for change. So um, all this was done in a very slow, methodical way so that nobody was caught off guard. And they knew me by the time I was ready to take over. Um, that was it was, it was good and she could move on and that was great. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk about that, uh, trying to learn as much as you could before you made that leap out of your first mm -hmm. career. What, what was it 
that finally got you to make that leap and to make that jump out of everything that you had known and had been in over the years into something so brand new? Well, um, I got into radio because at first I came out here to be an an aspiring actress and did a few parts here and there. Um, But that was always feast or famine. And, um, you know, I was kind of thinking, you know, you can just have these dreams forever or you can come back to reality and grow up a little. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, if you're not really anywhere, I just kind of looked at the future and I thought, well, and then I had an opportunity to get into radio, which was great at the time. And I met my husband there, but, um, you know, the hours were really brutal. And I was, as I was getting older and then got married, uh, I had the weekend overnight shift. Some of my shifts started at 3.30 in the morning. And, um, you know, it just didn't seem like, you know, it looked to me like once they got a weekend overnight sucker, you'd never get <laughs> out of that, you know. Because <laughs> new people would come in, you know, I, in my world, you know, you do a great job and you move yeah. up. But I saw in that world, it was like, oh, you know, somebody's willing to do overnights and all these new people would come in and like, why don't do weekend overnights? Okay, great. We're going to give, give you a great shift. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, wait a minute here. <laughs> so like, okay, you know, what else do I like? And I liked my dog and which is pretty much about it. I really detest a regular job, like an eight to five fluorescent light office setting. So to me, that entrepreneurial idea is really important. And um, so I, I still work there, even when I was doing my internships for the school and all that. Um, you know, I kind of segued out of it right under their nose. Because <laughs> uh, I'd come in in my uh, scrubs to go to the vet office to work in the back of the vet office. And then I'd leave my at 11 o'clock in the morning and I'd go to my internship. And it's like... Okay, you can't see that I'm planning to leave, right. <laughs> but um, but then I I was working for my pet sitter for two years, so I still kept my job, and then it suddenly it got really busy and I couldn't do it anymore. So I was able to go in and give a two month notice. I gave plenty of notice to get another weekend overnight right. sucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, find somebody else. I'm going to do something that I enjoy. Right. <laughs> But so, you know, the funny thing is, it's sort of out of the fire into the frying pan because I never imagined that I would get so busy as I do. And, um, you know, now I'm working overnight so much in this field, at least I get to sleep. <laughs> I mean, the other weekend overnight, I was up all yeah. night doing traffic every time. But um, uh, still, I'm away from home quite a bit. Yeah. Well, and you you attribute a lot of that success and how you handled that growth to some of the foundations that you've you laid really early on what kind of foundations are critical to a new business and and how do we continually refresh them and make sure that they're still healthy well one of the things that i wish i would have had a better foundation for is business um to have more of a business aspect of it because even my own pet sitter i i knew that she was undercharging a lot even from the calls I made. And so um, that is just something. And then it's just really hard to raise the price on people um, to get to fair market value. And then um, as you grow and start having employees, 
you know, you really need to raise the prices a lot more. And it, um, that, that's just something that I feel that that is, that is kind of lacking in our industry, the business idea, because we all have such big hearts. And then we, we feel sorry for people or we want to help. We have that feeling of wanting to help. I think that's a big draw for this industry. And, um, but sometimes we neglect ourselves and our need to help others. But otherwise, um, as far as the foundations that I did lay down for myself, was I went to the school, the Animal Behavior College, and I knew I wasn't going to be a dog trainer. And I knew I didn't want to work in the back of the vet office, but I have these skills if I need them. Um, there's a vet office on every corner. So, you know, I could transfer that someday if I needed a, some kind of job and um, like that. Um, so I, I did do that schooling. And then I did mentor with my pet sitter and I was honest with her about my goals. And it was a complimentary relationship. Um, it's not really good if you're working for somebody and then Secretly, you're going to try to do it on your own and then, you know, you're going to take some of their clients because they're your clients and that's just really underhanded. So, you know, I found a great relationship and that was very important. And those, some of those clients are still my clients to this day. So it's a worthy investment. Um, going to NAPS, um, right away I joined NAPS because that's where I found her and um, they have a whole member benefits section where you have business uh, forms and you can get those for free um, because an app is nonprofit. And so they're not going to charge you for these I mean, members help each other, members helping other, other members. So if you have a great contract, you can add it to the business site and show people what you've got and it helps other people. So it mentors other people what to do. So I used those templates for my contracts and my policies. And I learned from reading those and using them. Uh, we have a veterinary authorization form. Um, that's just you know, all these basic things. I even have a pet guardianship form. And I got all these for free off the NAPS website in the member benefits section in the business school kit. So uh, NAPS has been quite the foundation. Going to the conferences. Um, I've always, I, oh, it doesn't matter. I've been in business 10 years and I always still learn something from going to any conferences mm -hmm. I can. And, um, oh, I did like, I saw that my own pet sitter seemed a little bit just tired. Uh, I mean, I mean, she was so wonderful. She was wonderful, but I, I saw that she needed more help. And so right away when I started, I was like, I need to have a team around me. So I, found somebody that I went to school with for the dog obedience training and I brought her on and we still have, she still helps me to this day. And so um, having that backup, um, having a backup is an important foundation because I did break my leg, my ankle in 2014 and I couldn't walk or drive for two months, but luckily we didn't have to cancel um, very many jobs at all because my team just stepped right in and did everything. Um, one good thing, um, one other part of the foundation piece that I would have to say for any kind of uh, person trying to get into pet sitting is get the software right away. I mean, even if you only have one client right now and everything's really slow, that's a perfect time to learn 
the software because, you know, I was resistant to it for, well, first of all, my pet sitter didn't have that. Uh, so I didn't, you know, I didn't see how it was beneficial and I, I couldn't see that. And I didn't think my clients would go for it. And, um, but after many years, I was I getting carpal tunnel syndrome from texting back and forth and just being always on when my when my staff would go and then they'd give me the update and I'd give the client update and I was always the middleman and it's just a lot of pressure and then the software uh, which I do use time to pet um, the software is just a game changer I mean now I don't but I can even look and see have they started the job yet because a lot of times I'd be waiting till the end and anxious like I'm not gonna be you know, be able to relax until I know for sure the job is done. And now I can just go on software. Oh, they're over there. They started. <laughs> <laughs> I can just <laughs> go on with my day, you know, and wait for the updates. Right. So. Well, yeah, it gives you peace of mind uh, since you're managing them. And mm -hmm. it also gives peace of mind to the clients mm -hmm. and your staff that you have on because they know, again, it's this big open communication that's going between everybody and, and they're working in, in yeah. synchrony and in harmony. Yeah, and the clients, you know, they can talk to the sitter directly. And before I was hiding them, you know, I'll tell Doris. And I just didn't want any kind of direct contact, um, you know, because it's just, you know, then it, it leaves room for confusion about who to contact for scheduling. And, uh, you know, there's it just creates confusion. Um, so, you know, I wanted to be the middleman, but this way is much better. <laughs> but, um, you know, by the time I did it, it was I had 100 clients. And then it was like, who has the time to input all these right. clients and all this information? I mean, I had to have um, uh, a younger person. You know, they say the millennials are <laughs> great with computers, and I would tell you that was that was absolutely true in my case. And I mean, she set it all up and and moved on to a better job at uh, a vet hospital, an emergency vet hospital. But she was here for the time I needed her to be here, and she set this all up for me, and I'm just really thankful yeah. for that. Have you heard about Time to Pet? Claire from Acton Critter Sitters has this to say. Time to Pet has honestly revolutionized how we do business. My sitters can work much more independently because they have ongoing access to customer and pet information without relying on me. I save hours upon hours of administrative time on billing, processing payments, and generating paychecks. If you are looking for a new pet sitting software for your business, give Time to Pet a try. As a listener of Pet Sitter Confessional, you'll get 50% off your first three months when you sign up at timetopet.com slash confessional. Part of the foundations that I hear you laying, uh, many of them have to do with surrounding yourself with with good people and a good network. And so, it, you know, you're kind of building this support system with the people that you're bringing on. How important has that been to you to have a good support system? Um, it has been very important. Um, and I, I knew that from day one, even before getting into it, because I was observing that... Um, you just can't do everything all at once. And 10 years in, and you're doing everything all by yourself, it takes a toll. Um, so just naturally, it takes a toll. So that's not any statement against anybody. It's just that you know, what happens if something happens and you break your leg? If I didn't have help to say, okay, Kim can do this, and Doris can do that, and 
Johnstone, you know, I had that all ready and we didn't skip a beat and I didn't lose my business because of it. So, um, and then and my, my, my staff has stuck through me all these years through with me. We've had changes at first. We were doing the independent contractor model um, because that's what I was taught. And that's what the accountants were saying. And the lawyers were saying, Oh, well, this is the type of business independent contractor. And then, down the road, a few years in, I realized from a NAPS conference, like, oh, that's, I, I read everything on our state labor law um, information. I read it all myself and I realized, oh my God, <laughs> we need to make an immediate change. And that's the time where maybe people might um, left, you know, just because of that change, you know, they were used to not having the taxes taken out up front. And, you know, but, uh, you know, they all stuck with me and that was a lot of anguish for me to have to do that. But it was a great, I mean, everybody thanks me to this day because then I think they get a refund now instead of having to pay out um, from their taxes because they, all the taxes were taken out and, you know, it's just better. And then, you know, we all, I always had workers comp even when I had independent contractors, but um Still, it's just it's a, it's just a better situation, and most of the states are veering in that direction. Right. So. Yeah, there's been a lot of crackdown on ICs across the mm-hmm. country recently, and it's really making the employees um, almost the the default these days for your business structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and before it was independent contractor was the business default structure, and um, you know it's natural, and it still has carried through to this day. But, you know, I think everybody just needs to really understand that this isn't going to go away and it's not going to change. And it's just better to look at, examine these things. But I think then that's the time that you need to examine your pricing and that's hard. So, yeah, there is a lot that's tied mm-hmm. up into that as far as business structure and uh, profitability and service area and a whole new way of thinking about your business in that in that model. But at the end of the day, you're taking better care of the people who are out there doing the work mm-hmm. and you're providing more uh, structure and reliability and predictability for both them and the clients. Mm-hmm. And it really just is a, a win-win-win mm-hmm. all down the line. Yeah, no, I will say that I still treat my staff as independent contractors and like I treat them as adults that, that can make their own decisions. So there, there's really no change except the classification. Sure. Uh, um, but um, as, as far as how I treat, cause I tend to hire people that are a little bit older. So it's, you know, they're not just, you know, starting out. I mean, I'm not, uh, I wouldn't discriminate, but the thing is the people that gravitate to me, tend to be my age and older so um we all feel like we're adults and if there's and i feel like sometimes i learn a lot from them and their life experience and their experience with pets and they'll tell me oh so and so uh is limping today or they bring up concerns that um you know i think that their life experience makes a big difference oh and i'm also so thankful that they were classified this way because during this pandemic and they were eligible for unemployment, no problem. Right. And we didn't have to figure out like, Oh my God, like you didn't have a separate bank account or, you know, you were, I classified you as this and now you're this. Now you can't get this when people needed it. So, um, 
you know, I was free and clear that way. And my staff were taken care of. So. Well, and on, you know, you said, you know, your staff are taken care of. You've had, you mentioned it, that many of your staff have been with you for a really long time. How do you keep them around? Because I know in the pet care, it seems like the staff turnover is insanely high. It's something that I see a lot of people talk about and complain about. What what do you think you do differently or what recommendations do you give to people thinking about, okay, how do I retain these high quality people that I have? Well, I think that with my business, it's more of a boutique type business. Um, So I, I really have no desire to get much bigger than this. I mean, even right now, the workload is almost a little bit overboard for me. But um, uh, so, you know, keeping it, this is just me, how I, I just want to keep it this size. I don't need to grow any more than I have. I've been there. I did that. And now just kind of want to, so I keep a nice um, level of balance. Um, So um, my, I, I bring my people in organically. So my staff, I, I, I know them. I, I ran into Doris um, when she was training at Petco and we had gone to uh, dog training school together and she was so great with my dog. And I was just so happy to run into her. It's perfect because she's a dog expert and she's a trainer and like I'm doing this business and it's just really been um, a great give and take. And then, um, then she's still here and she's had other jobs and, she had a full-time job for four years in between when things were a bit slow and she had an opportunity, but now that job's over and she's back. And so I really appreciate that. I mean, we still have this long-term relationship. And then one of my other clients, I just saw how thorough she was with her notes. And I was like, this is amazing. All these notes and a post-it note, very organized and, we got to be friends and uh, I know she didn't have a job of her own Her husband's in the music industry out here. And um, so it was just a natural fit. You know, I said, why don't you come work for me? And it's part time and it's flexible. And so that has been really great. And then uh, my next door neighbor helps me and uh, he had a business for 30 years and then that ended up closing and uh, they were thinking, well, he's so great with the animals. He's like the pie piper of animals. <laughs> like if he walks down the street, animals come running out of the house to greet him. <laughs> even even the neighbors all come running. He's like some kind of magnet. So yeah, <laughs> this is perfect because he needed a job and it's flexible part time and I'm not, you know, corporate or anything like that. So. You know, that's my team right now. And I've had more people that have come and gone, but the solid core team is, I'm very thankful for them. Well, yeah, it's even viewing your own team and the team members around you as part of that support system, right? Because they're doing things that you can't do or doing things that help you have less stress in your life and allow you to be more focused on other things, right? So they become integral to that support system for the business because without them, right, the business wouldn't be able to function at the level that it is. Right. And even when I had the the girl here that was doing the time to pet set up for me and also she did a pet sitting and she was great. She was really great with animals, but um, I had her working 20 hours a week in the office and um, so she was doing the time to pet set up and she organized my whole office and, 
And that was really great because I was like, oh, I can go get my nails done. <laughs> <laughs> like she didn't want me around, you know? So it's like, okay, you know, um, this is perfect. I'm getting stuff done and I'm getting something else. <laughs> yeah, it's it's in how you view them, right? As, as valuable assets to the company and to the business mm-hmm. versus just another person to do work, right? Like it's, it's a whole mindset way that you view the people that you bring on your team. If you view them as valuable assets, you're going to, you're going to treat them differently, right? You're going to have different concerns for them right. and you're going to do different things for them than if you just view them as a, something, you know, somebody to, to do work that you don't want. And it's hard. And I know, I know California has some of the strictest rules and regulations when it comes to employees versus contractors, yeah. but it is just a reminder of that you should be looking into your local area, the county, city, and state level to make sure that you mm-hmm. are dotting every I and crossing every T with the staff members that you have or that you want to have. And to get those, get those ducks lined in a row, you know, if, if you haven't hired for the first time, really ironing out exactly what your, um, your obligations are to them and what the expectations are before you bring them on so you don't have to make a huge shift down the road because you did something wrong right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot to do, I mean, ahead of time. And I can certainly understand why people are hesitant to bring on uh, employees who are tempted to still continue doing independent contractors and not worry about it. But um, the thing is, uh, in any of a pandemic and not all your independent contractors are going down to the labor board trying to get unemployment because they can get that $600 extra. and you know, all of a sudden there's a crisis that brings that oversight out and um, out here. And, and oh, also with one thing, just because your state has a minimum wage, like for me in Los Angeles, Los Angeles minimum wage is even higher than the mm. state. So you want to look right. at both. Well, and on the on the pandemic, you know, it brought out a lot of regulatory scrutiny and a lot of things as far mm-hmm. as the way businesses were set up. But for you, you know, your ten years into running a business, what ways did you have to adapt through last year, and how is that impacting how you're moving forward through um, 2021? Well, of course, last year at, at first I wasn't paying too much attention, and I'm kind of like the kind of person that thinks the news exaggerates things. Um, so I wasn't really thinking too much about it, but then I started hearing that our governor was going to add all the sick pay. And at that point, most of my employees were already up to 72 hours of sick pay. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, okay, now we're going to have this extra COVID sick pay and COVID is very contagious and anybody can get it at any time. And now you're going to have to owe that to on top of it or forever how long. And I thought, no. I can't do this. And plus everything was shutting down. So I I lost about maybe $25,000 as a business, which isn't really a lot. I know other businesses that have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, but any, it, it just, everything shut down. All the vacations were closed. So I laid everybody off. And plus, you know, they had that extra, you know, federal money too. I could never match that. So um, and I didn't have, I only had three people that kept me on and we just developed a system to go walk their dogs, get them from the backyard or just get them from the foyer really fast. Um, there were no overnights last year, which was a really great time to reconnect with my husband. And um, 
So the tail end of 2019, I was I did three and a half months worth of overnights back to back. So I hadn't been home for three and a half wow. months. <laughs> yeah. I mean we I come float in and out, but you know, I wasn't home at night and that can take a toll too. And so last year was a really great segue to regroup. Uh, we just kind of made a party out of it and just I try to keep a positive attitude. And um, I knew that my employees were taken care of and I still had some work. And um, I'm grateful for everyone, the people who kept me on. Or, and a lot of my clients even sent me money. I mean, they canceled big trips and then they, they called me and said, you know, we really wanted to give you a donation. We know our times are like, well, okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> because, you know, I think that the thing is that they wanted to ensure that I'd be there when, they were ready to go on a trip right. again. So this is their way to express appreciation and that they didn't want to lose me. So, and I had been thinking about maybe closing up my business because I wasn't making any money. It just kind of redirected my mindset that, you know, people still want me. So they want to ensure that. And so, so I'm still here. <laughs> well, and so what, what, what kind of, what kind of lessons or applications are you taking from that and, and applying to how your business is going to be moving forward? Yeah, um, that's a good question because um, I really enjoyed having the downtime that I had. And I still had enough work that was just more of a balance. Mm-hmm. So I, I really want to explore that, having a great balance going forward. So um, I don't need to take on every job. And, um, you know, there's... I'm saying no is so hard for me. So I always feel bad for the pets or I want the people to be happy and go on vacation. So, um, you know, that's something I need to work on. And, and so I think the pandemic was great to slow things down and make me think about. And also eventually I will raise, when I do have my staff fully back, I will have to raise the prices because you know, it's, I, I learned that I'm not going to be accept not making money anymore. Mm. I own the company and I deserve it. And people need to pay what I need to charge. Right. So, <laughs> and if that means we have less work, okay. You know, I mean, we are a quality company and my, my staff is worth it. And um, I'm worth it too. I, I I absolutely love that of coming out of last year going, you know what? Um, maybe I didn't value myself as much as I had been previously. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a really common yeah. mentality and a common lesson from for a lot of us. I know from my wife and I as well of like, you know what? Like, man, uh, we actually are worth a lot more, right? Or we we are worth what we're asking mm-hmm. for, and we need to stop making rebates or making special clauses or or doing all of these little things because we are we are yeah. a premium. We are we do a really good job, and and I think yeah. as much as we started to value our clients and missing them and you know the work, I, mm-hmm. I think I think alongside <laughs> that, you know, we really did start to look back and start to value ourselves a lot more across the industry. I think so. Um, I I do. You know, I still hear people say, oh, I'm working. I work 16 hours a day all by myself, and I don't have any backup. That's like, you know, why are you doing this to yourself? (laughs) You know, raise your prices, and then you'll be making the same money, and maybe 
some people will drop off because but, you know, I mean, self-care is so important. You've been in business 10 years. You've been through some ups and some downs. Mm-hmm. And I know you, you had originally said that when you started, you know, your own dog brought you a lot of joy. And that's why you got started. Mm-hmm. After 10 years in business and everything that's happened, what, what continues to bring you joy? I really thrive on uh, helping people. So I really thrive on helping my customers. And, you know, putting the schedule together and it's like a puzzle and I I can figure out the puzzle and it's like, aha, I got it. And then um, I like helping uh, my staff because I feel that um, the job is important to them. And I feel like that it helps them put food on the table. So um, to see the what I've done is just, and how many lives it, it makes a difference for them. That brings me a lot of joy. But that also actually helps, makes me not want to say no or give too much or, you know, in some ways. Um, because there's, you know, you got to figure out where that line is, where the joy ends up. There's a fine line and then you wouldn't give too much and then you're over on the other side of it, you know. Um, so it's a good time to think about balance. Um, I still love, I love my dog. I have a different dog now. My Izzy passed away a couple years ago. Now we have a new dog, Sam, and he brings us a lot of joy. And all the clients' dogs just going in and they're, they're all so happy to see us. They know who we are. They're like, oh, it's you. And just, you know, that joy from them is really infectious. Yeah, and that joy from helping people, it really is a fine line because it becomes a a really addictive cake, right? You know, too much of a good thing. Like, or yeah. like, man, helping that one person was awesome. I'll eat a whole cake of that. And then you're like, oh, no, never mind, right? <laughs> and and you, yeah. you do. It does take – and that takes time and, and – doing a lot of self-discovery to understand who we are, what our actual limits are. Because no no one can tell you how many clients you, you need yeah. to have, right? No one can tell you how many times you can say yes before you have to start saying no. Yeah. It is this, it, it oh, is this yeah. weird uh, self-discovery process that um, if you're not careful, mm-hmm. you know, many years can slip by. Mm-hmm. And before you look up and you realize that it's all out of balance and all out of whack. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I'm still learning that. And right now is a critical time, too, because um, last year, everything was closed and nobody was going anywhere and nobody needed us. And now all of a sudden, everybody's got their vaccinations at the same time. And now all of a sudden, it's like everybody and their mother is going away and needing all of a sudden, you know, um, all this pet sitting. And it's just like, I'm a little bit... Uh, I don't know. I, I just feel that there is, I've seen it in the other groups that, you know, we're, it's just a little much, you know, I don't think the clients understand. Yeah. We love the business, but some of us are shorthanded right now. And, um, you know, it, you can't just short order it right now. <laughs> you know, it really has to be planned. Um, you know, um, there's only so much, so much one person can do right now. Client behaviors have really changed very quickly. It felt like 
the entire industry had spent the last 30 years trying to convince people that they needed to plan ahead, that they that last-minute bookings were unacceptable, and that um, if you did a late cancellation, you know, there were there were implications for that. And then 2020 set us back mm-hmm. another 20 years on, on that progress. Uh-huh, <laughs> as, yeah. as, you know, it, again, because people canceled last minute for changing conditions of the pandemic and right. uh, last minute bookings, right. last minute cancellations, all sorts of stuff. And now those habits just immediately came back. And we're, as the businesses are having to sit there and go, okay, how, how do I start adjusting and adjust quickly, right? As everything is just going, going to the wall. You also talked about how you got on the board of NAPS and that you are part of part of that the, the board for them and uh, how they operate and some of the decisions that you get to do. So, what's it like to be a board member for NAPS, and why was that something that you were interested in? I really like being part of a nonprofit organization that helps is dedicated to helping other pet sitters, helping other pet sitters. So we have one entity that's like in charge of everything. There's a board that makes decisions about our, what we're going to be doing. And we have committees that is dependent on volunteerism so of our members. So um, like, for instance, I'm on the conference committee and, you know, we have a meeting once a month and we have you know, stepping stones and blocks to complete, like who, what kind of topics do we want to talk about and then who we can speak on these topics is good and so um you know it's just us coming together and making it happen and um the mentorship from and getting to know other pet sitters this way um that's very helpful um, i really like making helping make these decisions and be part of something important because i feel that professional pet sitting is important. Um, like I said before, when I was looking for a pet sitter, first it was difficult to find somebody that I clicked with that I could trust to the, the keys to my house. So, um, you know, to get more people that are professional um, with more options and that's and, and more education. Uh, um, the education I had from working at a, sh- a shelter or the rescue. Um, for my internship for the Animal Behavior College, we had to do hours at a shelter, and um, they taught us. They had a we had a orientation, and they taught us how to open the door mm. to get the dogs out or get the cat. You know how to come in and take care of the cats in a clean way, and what diseases that would be something you don't want to get. Um, so and just. I mean, they, they taught me, I mean, I've learned so much just from the Animal Behavior College and, and my experience on hand experience in the shelter and at the vet office and with a mentor trainer. So all this knowledge really helped because I, I mentioned before that I just kept imagining and my friends are great. I love my friends, but they have their own lives. And I could imagine that anybody I could think of that might even have the time would definitely open the door the wrong way. And then my dog would just be out. And, you know, before I had people watch my pets and I had a neighbor and she forgot. Like, that was years ago when I just had the cat. And I went away on Sunday night and on Tuesday I decided to call because it was a holiday. And I thought, well, it won't be weird to call and say happy July 4th. 
And I did. I called and I said, how are the cats? And she said, oh, was that this week? <sighs> you know, and you just can't do that with a dog. You know, the cats were fine. Thank goodness. And thank goodness I called. But, you know, a dog is not going to be fine. Yeah. Along for more than 24 hours. So professionalism is important. Pet Perennials makes it easy as one, two, three to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct-to-client gift service that takes the effort off of us to ensure that a thoughtful, personalized sympathy gift reaches a client or employee. All gift packages include a handwritten card, colorful gift wrap, and shipping fees across the U.S. and Canada. They're releasing an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards throughout the rest of this year. They can celebrate birthdays, get well wishes, welcome new or rescued pets. They'll have a few gift options in case you need to send a sympathy gift in memory of a special human client as well. If you're interested, register for a free account to receive discount package pricing rather than paying consumer prices. Since service is leveraged on an as-need basis, there are no monthly or annual obligations or minimum purchases. Learn more and register by going to petperennials.com slash pages slash GPS and enter the referral code PSC at registration. You'll be given a unique coupon code to save $2 off any package you send in your first 90 days. You know, you got involved with NAPS because you saw it as a great way to continue education, to give back to others, to help others, uh, and to start making some changes. So if people are listening to this and they have some changes that they'd like to see in the industry or they have something in their voice that they'd like to have heard, how what's the best way for a pet sitter to start getting involved in advocating for the industry? Well, we do have our website, thepetsitters.org. And then we have an admin that helps that works for us. And I find it very similar. I mean, Pet Sitters International is also a wonderful organization. And they have an administrator that um, everyone knows. And um, so we have someone similar to that, except that our board makes decisions. Um, so she's not take, making all the decisions. Um, but she handles everything. And we could not do without her. Kathy Delaney. Um, just she's been taking care of NAPS members and she knows everything all about NAPS. I mean, she's worked here for 16, 18 years. Um, so she's the one that you want to go to with some, um, either through the website or the phone number there. You could call and, or an email. There's, I'm sure there's an email there to, cause I'm sure she gets bombarded with calls all day long. So maybe email is better. Hey, um, you know, I was thinking about this, or I was noticing that, or how come this, or um, why do we do things this way? And then she can either tell you why, or what committee handles that, and maybe you'd like to join that committee. And really, the committees are about once a month meet over the phone for an hour. So it's not that much time um, to be uh, on a committee. Um, yeah. And the board, of course, we meet three or four times a year, quarterly, I think. And those are much longer um, meetings, of course, but they're not that intrusive into your life. I mean, when people think about volunteering, they, a lot of times they hear, oh, I don't have the time. But, you know, you don't have time for an hour phone call. Right. And. I, I know so many brilliant pet sitters 
I really would welcome their ideas, you know? I mean, just, I, I, I can imagine this could be such a great industry. We just need more of those brilliant minds. Sometimes when you're in business for so long or you're at the top of your level, um, you think you don't need the association, but maybe the association needs mm. you. Yeah, it sounds like there's a, a a way to have your voice heard, a way to start making some changes. If you're passionate about something, there's some great ways to get plugged into, whether that's with NAS, whether that's other organizations. But if it's something that you're really passionate about or if it really bothers you, get involved, right? Start getting involved in a committee yeah. and start talking to other people about it and, and really see where that's going to go. Yeah, I mean, I brought in a lot of people to speak at the conferences for yep. the years. And as we sit down, we, we need a marketing person. I'm like, I think I know one from networking groups out here. <laughs> and then they don't mind flying, you know, to Chicago. And then they had other seminars to instruct and teach too. I mean, and then I brought on, I brought on so many speakers and they've been really beneficial, valuable. And they love coming and um, they, uh, we've enjoyed having we've had uh, people come back and do webinars too for us that kind of now involved in that like these people that aren't even pet sitters or know anything about the industry now are kind of part of the association in a way that's really cool and i like hearing that it's about uh giving and about helping others and about building, again, that support network and that support system and taking that at a national level, right? Having people close by to you who speak into your business, but also getting involved at a larger scale, right? That that there's really no excuse to to sit back and be concerned or be annoyed about something when there are so many opportunities to start getting involved and start getting connected. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you when I would sit back and say, I brought these two people these two speakers are here because right. of me. I mean, that you know, it was just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, just the perfect thing, you know. I mean, I take care of the clients, I take care of my staff, and then now I've made a difference in my association. Right. Wow, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty good, you know. Yeah. Heather, I have really appreciated uh, you coming on and this conversation about having a support system and about reminding ourselves of where we get joy and then also how we can and you're encouraging us to get involved at the national level and to get involved in the industry to help make it better for everybody. I, I know that there's a lot of other topics and a lot of other things that we didn't touch on. So if 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 other people, if listeners want to get in touch with you and, and follow along with everything that you've got going on, how, how best can they do that? Um, well, my website is heatherthepetsitter.com and that just takes you to my best friends forever page of my site. And then oh, Facebook, a lot of sitters I'm friendly with on Facebook and in the NAPS private Facebook group. And, um, you know, just uh, also uh, my email is heather at bffpetservices.net. So email is better. You know, I don't really answer the phone when I see it with all the spam. <laughs> you know, you see a number you don't recognize. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Straight to voice. So, but if I get an email, then yeah, right. So email is always, I think, better right now for people. Well, perfect. And I'll have links to those 
in the show notes and on the website. So listeners can click right to those and can get in touch with you. Uh, again, Heather, this has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, it's been a real pleasure for me too. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing your Facebook group and um, I'm enjoying that. And just you look at the difference you're making in your podcast. I mean, that it's just really exploded and you have such great people on. So, I mean, that's a huge difference. You must be really proud. Thank you. Yeah. Blown away by the, by the response, (laughs) um, by the acceptance and uh, we've grown a lot through it too, right? It's really been a huge uh, learning curve for us and has really opened our eyes to um, not just the diversity of services, but the ways to operate a business of people in the industry and uh, has really given us a much deeper appreciation for, um, for everything going on. Yeah. Well, it's great. It's great to see people and like you and, um, you know, doing these things and bringing everything to a professional just bringing this industry to a professional level. Yeah, we 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 hope to have um, equipped, passionate uh, advocates and and listeners for the industry to be grounded in knowing what they are doing and why, uh, and to have um, good, healthy boundaries in their life too. It's um, some of the goals that we have for doing the podcast, and then just for telling stories and helping people know that they're not alone yeah. and <laughs> that, uh, if, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> that uh, everybody has uh, similar struggles in their life too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. My three big takeaways from my conversation with Heather, get a strong foundation laid in your business, whether that is through joining an organization, getting connected to other sitters in your area, getting software or going out and getting some education and continuing to learn about new things to increase your business and how to run your business and not just focus on the pet care. The second thing was getting a close support system that can encourage you, that you can bounce ideas off, that will be there through thick and through thin to help you and to guide you, to give you some place to go to vent and to offload things so that you are not carrying the weight of the concerns and everything that goes on with running a business all by yourself. And then make your voice heard. Start at the local level and work your way up to the national level with concerns, with changes, with initiatives that you want to see and take the pet care industry in new and exciting different direction. There are an awful lot of headwinds facing the industry right now. And one of the big looming ones is what role regulations and oversight will take place. The more we can set those standards ourselves as an industry and be speaking out and being advocates for higher quality standards for everybody, the better off we'll be and we can present ourselves in a better light. So start at the local level, getting involved with your local pet sitters and the community around you. Have a group together where you're presenting, where you're talking about new ideas, where you're getting involved. And then I really encourage you to the next time that there's a conference, maybe it's nearby or maybe it's one you've always wanted to go to. Submit an idea for a talk, something that you're really passionate about, something that you've learned, and start helping others. That's our whole goal of this podcast, is presenting ideas, having conversations, and helping everybody raise the bar in the pet care industry. We want to thank our sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennials, for making today's show possible. And thank you so much for being already very awesome, well-equipped advocates for the pet care industry. We couldn't be more proud to have you as listeners and to be involved with you as a community. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll be back again soon.